Yeah, I bet it seemed like the sweet life at first. Trick out a couple of ladies, make some spare scratch, but you never see the dark side until those silk sheets form a noose around your neck. Horror calls. Yeah, welcome, welcome. Back again. Episode eight. Wow. Yeah. Cool. I figured we would have like gotten bored <laughs> and just given up already. Well, we have to cover all of our preconceived themes first, at the very least. Yeah, I'm hoping that we'll be able to keep coming up with themes before we yeah, run out of yeah. themes, because <laughs> then that'll probably guarantee that we keep going. Mm -hmm. Not that this is a chore or anything, I'm actually mm -hmm. having a lot of fun doing this. How about yourself? Yes, I am. Yeah, it's a good excuse just to sit here and talk at each other. And watch movies. Yep. Oh, we've got plenty of those to watch. <laughs> okay, so, uh, recommendation time. We... Recap, yeah. <laughs> didn't watch them. I don't have time for shit right it's now. It's <laughs> one of those things it's the end where of the <laughs> I feel like given that we're watching three to four movies per week just to, to have something to talk about, have something to talk <laughs> Some about. it's content. sometimes hard to, for us to get to the recommendations. I think we're still going to try and make an effort to get to the recommendations when we can, but even if we don't 100% get to watch them all, um, there's still recommended viewing for you, the listener out there, to join in. As well, and I think we can still talk about why we picked them. Mm -hmm. um, I know you briefly mentioned a big part of why you picked uh, House of Laughing Windows was just sort of because we're going off just a Jallo primer. Yeah, was you had really wanted to rewatch that? Yeah, and just because it, it is, you know, one of the interesting things like I think I mentioned last time was even though it's not by one of the sort of big three or four yes Jallo directors that are known for that, it's nevertheless one of the more highly regarded films in the genre as far as mm -hmm. the quality of the story and just just everything and I, I remember thinking of like liking it from what little I remember about it so yeah. yes I want to rewatch it but also it's a good fucking movie yeah yeah just period <laughs> whether or not I want to rewatch it which I do yeah and uh, like I had mentioned one thing I absolutely love about it is the rural setting you don't right. get that much yeah. in yeah, this huge met metropolitan yeah it New it York London stood Rome. out to me yeah yeah no, that's a good point, too, for um, sure. It's a very unique setting for these kind of movies, mm -hmm. and uh, the setting plays so much into the mystery of this movie. Uh, it's I don't really want to go any further because I don't want to spoil mm -hmm. what that mystery is exactly, but they definitely use the setting to their advantage, both in the atmosphere as it creates, but in certain plot points as well. Right. And so I am going to reiterate on both of our behalfs that House of Blath and Windows is a great, great movie. Uh, if you dig Jalo, this one's this should be a must see. We'll catch up over the winter break. Yes, yeah, we got. Break I still want to watch up. it again, so we will. Oh, me too. Yes, we'll do and that. I still want to show you the one yes. that I picked for you, Bloodstained Butterfly. I want to see it. Um, like I said, this is sort of a Law and Order esque attempt <laughs> at a Jalo. It's more Jalo than Law and Order, it. but it's 
interesting to look because they're often about the investigation, mm-hmm. but this is sort of about the courtroom proceeding side of that investigation, and the that's legal side. that's really kind of cool in that they don't you don't see that in thrillers very much. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I don't know, I just felt like, uh, given that the first movie you brought to the table was Exorcism of Emily Rose, <laughs> I feel like this would have been something that you're gonna love, mm-hmm. so... Yeah, not too many people, I guess, find courtroom stuff thrilling, yeah. but... Oh, it has I, its I think moments. it's interesting, it can mm-hmm. be, it just depends yes. how they do the material. It can be really dry, it, or it can, can be, be really cool. It can be the thing ever, or it could be like, whoa! Well, yeah, exactly, because they're, like, I mean, yeah, the Exorcism of Emily Rose, it's... They're trying to make legitimate arguments for why an exorcism was legit and happened. And it's like, okay, like, yeah. just, the, yeah, all of the things that they pull on it, just the way they conco- yeah. concoct the defenses and stuff is, yeah, I really like it. Yeah. Obviously, I've talked about it a lot, so. So, unfortunately, we didn't get to rewatch them in time to really go any deeper than that. Um, between your wrapping up a semester of grad school mm-hmm. and uh, I'm currently recutting a movie, it's... For a film festival. For a film festival. Hopefully we'll have some more deets on that soon. Yes. Exciting. Um, yeah, yeah. But because of that, it was... We managed to get enough time just to even watch the movies for this episode. Mm-hmm. Let alone well, yeah, one of them we just watched, like, less than an hour ago. <laughs> yeah, as soon as it was over, we came down to start recording. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, where we're at right now. But... Hey, that's how it is. We figure rather not have that delay an episode, you know, rather exactly. just push on ahead. Yep. Um, maybe down the line when we watch it, we can drop a brief line about what we liked about it. Sure. Uh, but regardless, a big part of what I like about recommendations is while we are ostensibly doing them for one another as mm-hmm. an excuse to watch more movies, <laughs> uh, I just like the idea of spreading the joy. So if any listeners out there haven't seen these particular movies or haven't even heard of them perhaps yeah it's just more on your plate to watch because uh we're kind of approaching our subjects assuming that you've like we're not always going to be spoiling it but it's the mm-hmm. assumption is it's like hey we're just talking about movies we've all seen yeah at least we both have so yes. it's nice to always throw a little extra something that just different on the yeah. table. and then on top of that it's like i'd like to think we're not like elitist about as far as being fans about these things where you know, you have you have some like gatekeepers of various genres, whether it's comic books or gaming, or you, get, you hear all these stories about about you know people who go into the into a new fandom or into a new area, and they're all like stoked on just yeah. be just the, they're just happy to be there, just happy to be just here. happy to be there, and like having so much fun. And then some asshole is like, "Oh well, if you were a real fan, you'd already know about X, Y, and Z." It's like, no, I don't, I don't care. Like, this is your you know your first time. You just got into horror movies. That's fucking awesome. I love it. Welcome. We will be happy, you know, ask us any questions. We'll be happy to share anything, spread the love. Well, well, that's just it too, because you've been a horror fan as long as I've known you. Mm-hmm. And there are still classics, ones that I would regard as classics, yeah. that you haven't seen. Exactly. And I'm not <laughs> saying that I'm therefore the hegemonic horror fan. Yeah, you're, you're mean, the king shit, queen shit of like, king yeah. shit of horror mountain. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's, it's not a contest. It's just like, uh, yeah. let's just have fun. Like, for example, I have still not watched Fright Night, and that's a glaring mm-hmm. omission on my part, given the kind of, like, I love those 80s movies. Like, there's, yeah. why, I have a copy. I need to just sit down and fucking watch it. Totally. But it's one of those things that not everyone has seen everything, and that's kind of a, a really poor sort of, uh, litmus test for, mm-hmm. I'm a better horror fan than yeah, you. Yeah, it's like, 
No. It's like, no one gives a shit. <laughs> exactly. If you give a shit, just go give a shit yourself in the fucking corner. We're going to be yeah. over here having a good time. Exactly. Yeah, so in uh, recent news, I suppose, uh, what's up? In, in, in uh, on the internet in America, they're they're being real shitty to sex workers. Oh, yep. <laughs> yeah. Do you um do you have a primer on what's going on that you can give or? Yeah, I'm not super in the know about the exact logistics of this mm-hmm. bill, but Sesta Fosta. Yeah. Yeah, that's um allegedly put into place to protect sex trafficking victims. Oh, I see those, it allegedly. Yeah, because those laws that always do that, they do yeah, it so well. But specifically with, like, anti-trafficking orgs having been, like, yeah, the, the people who are actually, like, working with actual trafficking victims as opposed to just having, you know, thinking, like, oh, sex work is trafficking and we have to risk these. Anyway, the people who actually do the work on the ground with this are like, no, this is fucking horrible. Don't do this. This is actually going to make it harder to find victims and track them down and it's also and then you have um sex workers who are choose you know choosing to be in this business for whatever reason and saying that like yeah this is actively like making my job more dangerous because you know as soon as this bill passed like overnight you had well what is the bill doing oh like, okay. yeah sorry it, no no that's yeah. okay i'm getting ahead of myself yeah so it i believe what it does is it gives the u.s government over any website, it, like, it would have jurisdictions, like, any, like, .com and various other website entities, if they, what is it, the, like, if there's any solicitation or selling of sexual services on the website, even without the owner, if they, even if the owners of the website are unaware of it, they can be sued? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so a lot of websites have, like, you know, as soon as this passed, you know, you had back Backpage, which was notorious as far as, like where to go to do, do this kind of business disappeared overnight. Mm-hmm. Um, Craigslist, they are, you know, there's a lot of their class- no more personals, no more personal, yeah, no more They classified for, so all, basically all these sort online areas where sex workers could get in touch with clients and screen their clients importantly are gone. Mm-hmm. They don't exist anymore. And also almost immediately you, if, if you're, you know, follow any people who are either sex workers or advocates or whatever on online, very quickly you had reports of sex workers having to, the ones that do like, you know, full service, like escorts with clients. Because sex work is a very broad term, which can encompass porn, you know, web, you know, camming, like all sorts of anything involving it. It's very sort of umbrella term. But as far as like uh, full service yeah, the, the, the classic, the classical, so-called. yes, yeah. um, the oldest profession, if you will. Yeah, um, they are suddenly having to go back to street-based work, which is incredibly dangerous. And they're getting calls from old pimps saying, like, "Oh, you know, I, I noticed the network's down. Well, I have safe client lists." And it's like, okay, so this bill that's supposed to prevent trafficking is starting forci- <laughs> is, is is forcing workers back into tr- the arms of traffickers. Yeah. So yeah, you have all of a sudden like. Oh, you want to be safe? Well, you have to come work with this pimp who's going to take, I don't know how much of your wages. Yeah. And potentially, yeah, all the sketchy shit that can go down with By that. trying to be so-called progressive, they're being very regressive and just harming. Yeah. Like, I don't even mean progressive in the sense of, like, they're 
It was a bipartisan, it had bipartisan support, though, like, like, you know, as far as... Progressive in, like, let's help people. Yeah, let's rescue them. And and then what we're also... Let's save them from themselves. Yeah. And then what we're also seeing now is websites that are just taking wholesale bans on any sort of sexual content, nudity, you know, Tumblr, in the middle of, I think, mid this month, it actually lines up with, I think, international, like, data and violence against sex workers. Yeah, they're just, They're banning all adult content, including female presenting nipples... Whatever the fuck that means. Um, Got some female presenting yeah. stuff over here. And, you know, call it conspiracy or whatever, but a lot of people are pointing out, like, yeah, this is not only intended to disenfranchise sex workers and make things more dangerous and try to just make that all disappear as if that has ever worked at any time throughout history, but it's also, by extension, criminalizing expressions of sexuality more often than not specifically expressions of non-heterosexual, non-cisgender sexuality. Yeah, queerness, non-binary. Yes, whether or not you identify with the term queer, like anything that would be categorized as that, because still so often anything that is, you know, like I said, not cishet is seen as inherently sexual. Lesbians are inherently sexual because we have it in our minds that they do this to be in porn and give dudes boners. Like, yeah, so we are seeing not just sex work being shut down but you know a lot of model you know new nude models and photographers and stuff they are losing avenues to display their work and get you know clients and Mm -hmm. stuff and um recently facebook has put out a ban on so much language where hypothetically the way the way it's ambiguously worded you could hypothetically be zucked for posting i'm gay Mm -hmm. Like, they're, like, you know, express any, like, even something as vague as saying, like, I'm looking, I'm going to have a good time tonight could get you banned because the, you know, if if someone reads it the wrong, the implication, exactly. But also if you're saying, I'm gay or whatever, then it's like, oh, oh, you're you're displaying your sexuality. Yeah. I mean, well, even, you know, you went to start a, a YouTube page for our podcast before it even started and because it had queer in the title it was yeah, our instantly po- banned our uh, youtube page for our podcast was banned before we ever recorded an episode before i even tried to publish it you went to yep. go do something and you're like what the hell is going on yep no videos yep. on it no content on it and it was banned with uh, notifications that there was no possible way for me to repeal it so we because it has queer in the title so we currently have to do a sub channel under our filmmaking yeah, and we're probably going to have, when we do do it, we're probably going to have to abbreviate it as, like, QHC podcast yep. or something just to not get banned. Because, yes, the word queer is inherently sexual, is inherently pornographic, and this timeline sucks. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, with this all in mind, we decided to, well, we were wanting to do it an episode. It kind of lined up. It did, it lined yeah. up. Yeah, we wanted to do an episode at some point on sex work and, like, representations of it in, like, genre films, horror films, and, um, you know, Cam just came out in, like, yes. mid-November, and we've been hearing really good things about it, we wanted to watch it, and so we did, and then it was so fucking good. Oh my We're like, God, we yeah. should just do the whole episode, like, while it's still while it's fresh, fresh in everyone's yeah. minds, right? Yeah. So without further ado, uh, we watched a fair few. Mm-hmm. Um, where should we start? Um, maybe let's start with the ones that are more standard in their sort of, I guess, portrayal of... Like what you would expect. What you would, exactly what you would expect. It's sort of, it's a joke, it's... The usual tropes, yeah. It's, even if it's not outwardly disrespectful, there is a lack of respect. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, haha, look at these hookers. Look at these and hookers, da, 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 yeah. Da, da. 
Yeah. Um, speaking of hookers, what did we just watch? We watched Vampire Hookers. We did. Yeah. That <laughs> oh, was, that oh. was something else. Yeah. That. Um, I have a <laughs> wow. copy on Vinegar Syndrome put out a few sets that were five of their catalog titles that had never been put on Blu-ray. Uh, they just put out these sets where uh, they're four volumes. Two of them are five horror and exploitation movies, so they've got ten between the two. And then the other two are porn and sexploitation, so you mm-hmm. got ten between the two of those. Um, this is the... Vampire Hookers is the first I've watched of any of the sets. and Me too. <laughs> it was... I had fun with it. I was laughing a lot. Um, I was too, but I was also shaking my head a lot as you commented oh on. Oh <laughs> god, yeah. I was shaking my head a lot too. Yeah. It's very cheaply done. It's, yeah, uh, it is. What? It's very Orientalist. Oh, it takes it's... place in, what, the Philippines? Yeah, the Philippines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so you get a lot of that, like, it was, it white American sailors are stopping over. generic Oriental. Totally, like this generic Southeast Asian. Because I wasn't kind of, sure like, at first, but you suggested the Philippines. It's like, yeah. oh, totally. Um, and that's where it was shot, I believe. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But it was never specifically established. It's just you. Or if it was, we just completely checked out. I guess, out yeah. Because I, I don't know. In the, at the, in the end credits, they had a, a song written about vampire hookers. Vampire hookers. Yeah. And, um, you know, makes reference to the, was it South China Sea? And it's yeah. Like, if your boat gets caught, I don't know. Anyway, you have these American sailors who are. GIs st- pulling into the port for a yeah, week ashore. Yeah, over. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, the first thing they're going to go do is. Find some women to have sex with. Well, one of the first things they do is they go to where the women are, which is where oh, yes, the music is. Yes, the first rule is if you want to find women, you got to go where the music is. And so they go to this bar that we get a very delightful romp of a moment oh, when yes. he's getting ready to go to the bathroom, and a woman comes out of the ladies' room, so he turns and heads towards the gentleman's room, and we see a woman standing at the urinal, and he's like, my mistake, ma'am, and it takes a moment to realize, wait a second. I think you're in the wrong bathroom, miss. And, and so we open right off the bat with transphobic humor as they uh, all, after referring to them as she, he, it, whatever... They swarm the sailors and try to kick the shit out of them. Which which ruled, yeah. Which rules, but it also <laughs> at the same time is that kind of like. It's like of course oh, of we course can't trans- have a movie set in you know South Southeast Asia without. Well, I was gonna say this. it kind of the trope of like you know like trans women you know it doesn't take much of them to turn back into violent men who are gonna come at you and it's like. <laughs> but, it, but of course they're. It's another gross trope just, upon gross trope. Yeah, it's just they're, they're out to trick. And, you know, trick innocent men into having sex with them and not realizing that they have a penis, or they have penises. Yeah, like, like what, he clues his buddy in that he's about to get a lap dance from uh, from a, a, a trans sex worker by grabbing his buddy's hand and shoving him into the trans sex worker's balls. And we know that because balls? he yells, you got balls! Yeah. <laughs> and that's when they get jumped. Mm-hmm. And uh, the entire thing is played... Very lightheartedly and it's, like a yeah, big it's, joke, it's and I mean that's once again part yeah. of the problem. Like it doesn't make it okay. No. It's just kind of it's tired. It's so is tired. What it is, you know. Yeah. I think it would have been more offensive if it, if it wasn't so fucking cheaply done. Mm, yeah. Like it just felt like so cheaply done in production and in attempt in everything. that uh, I, 
I, I couldn't even really get the will to be offended. It was more just Not like... Not mad, I'm just disappointed. Yeah, that's the perfect way to put it. It was just more like, oh, okay, of course this is happening. I think yeah. when the movie started, I cracked, like, countdown until we get the transphobic humor. Yeah, you, and, then, and then you were like, Within holy shit. Within five minutes, yeah, we like, hit that. It's actually happening. Yeah. Like, yeah, of course it is. I said it flippantly, and it's like, well, yeah, of course it's happening. Mm-hmm. So that was right off the fucking bat. Oh, and yeah. of course, in the fight with the uh, the trans sex workers, there is wig snatchings. Of course, because yeah. you know just you to further the reveal. Show, it's like, oh, artifice. we need to visu- visually show the audience that it's a man. It's a mask. It. It's, it's just a, like, yeah. yeah. But I will say that the movie still had me laughing at times. So like, what the fuck was with the the Renfield kind of a. Renfield, I think, Renfro, like, the, the, the dude who is the, the assistant vamp. to, no, the oh. assistant to the vampire was like, yes, master. Pavo? Like, Pavo in this, and he was just ripping farts the entire movie, it's long, prolonged segments of him farting and smelling his own farts. Yeah. It was great, it, it was funny. hilariously stupid, but it was great. Yeah, I know, that, that's what had me... Laughing, laughing while shaking my head, I think. Um, the best is when the sailor comes into the den to try and save his buddy, and then we see Pavo hiding one of some crates, and he just farts into his hand and blows it at him. Yeah, like he literally, fucking... like, you think he's gonna sniff his own hand, but it's like, and then, got, and then, and like, he grimaces at it still, like, oh, it's so potent, potent. And then the, yeah, then the, the fucking sailor starts, like, choking on the air. Yeah, oh, it was some oh, orgasmo oh. level shit with A-Cub, like, farting his hand and throwing it in the people's Christmas, faces. Yeah, like, Christmas. Yeah, exactly. No, it was wild. <laughs> Uh, that was, I wasn't expecting Jesus. that, but that had me laughing yeah. in a very sophomoric way. I enjoyed that. Yeah. It was uh, stupid, but it was funny. And I also loved how of the three vampire hookers, who the subtitles, because, you know, hearing sounds so great, we always put the fucking subtitles on, because we both like that, actually. Mm-hmm. But it would always say, like, in parentheses, like, vampire hookers laughing. Vampire and I mean, it, it hookers would often wailing. specify, like, one of the sailors, Terry, it would say Terry. Yeah, but then it, if yeah. it was more it than was, one of the women, it, it would say vampire, vampire hookers. hookers. Uh, so we definitely need to know that. But of the three vampire hookers, they gave the most lines to the one who was probably the least adept at acting. Yeah, Marcy? So, yeah, it was always uh, funny or... <laughs> or, like, you just get, like, this pause before she speaks as she's staring blank face in the camera, and then she would just yell on like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, a uh, Wow. Smells like pizza. Did <laughs> someone order pizza? It's garlic. It's garlic. Oh no! It's fucking. Me. And then and then the vampire daddy master man. Yeah, John just, Carradine. Who was just like a Shakespeare quote. Shakespeare said all the time. He's like, doesn't like, you understand poetry? But he's like a southern gentleman. He's got like the white KFC dude suit and yeah, the hat, exactly. and he's like he's doing the like foghorn like horn like I I say I say I I, I do believe that uh, to be or not to be is the question. We're gonna shuffle off your motor coil, son. <laughs> and, they, and then they kill a guy yeah but I guess going back to our, our two sailors who I don't know if they're supposed to be the heroes I, I guess they're the protagonists the heroes, heroes. big yeah. scare quotes okay. around that word again no, no investment in them whatsoever um, they go to a different bar mm-hmm. a normal bar San Francisco yeah I love that they go to the San Francisco like, bar for straight sex yeah it's like, hey, where do you go if you yeah. want to get real straight with it? And San it's not Fran. until specifically, uh, I would call her, like, white presenting, white passing yep. 
woman walks in that they're all like... But they still always refer to her as China doll. They do, It's like, hey, there's your China doll. I'm going to break your China doll in half. That China doll couldn't harm a fly. It's not even like a recurring joke between two of them because two different groups of people say that. And it's like they didn't say it to each other. So it's just like a filmmaker mark of Orientalism. But this is the bar, the bar where they get so-called lucky is the bar that has white women working it. Mm-hmm. As in addition to Miss, the Miss Cherish, who, right? Because after the yeah. um, scuffle, the trans women they try to pick up women in an alley, and they almost get local mugged. women. Yeah. yeah, local women. They're like, "We're gonna go up to the apartment, make sure we can borrow it." And then while the women slink off, these uh, dudes pop out with switchblades. Yeah, and it's like. You know, it's the like, oh, the seedy, the seedy bullshit. Once well, um, again, you have this idea of this, like, predatory, like, oh, yeah, come here, boys, we'll be right back. Mm-hmm. And then they, and even then, like, throughout the movie, they refer to, like, you know, a woman leading you into the alley and then hitting you over the head and taking your wallet and yeah. all this, like, yeah, this, this, this. It's a very, like, yeah. obvious presentation of sex work, you know. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it's the, the, the classic full-service um, prostitutes kind of thing. That's mm-hmm. exactly what we're dealing with as far as how they're presented. And I'm not saying this movie, I expected anything, Any, anything else. else. Like it's, no. it's called Vampire Hookers. This yeah. is exactly what I expected out of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it, it delivers. It delivers <laughs> on exactly what you fucking expect. Yeah. Yeah, it does that sort of, the this idea that sex workers are predatory, but in a bad way, whereas the clients are predatory in a good way. Yeah, in yeah. In a, like, conquest they, way. Because they're definitely They're, going, they're, they're on the sure. prowl, that's yeah. for sure. They're like, we need some women, and, like, they're all gross about it. And then when, you know, the one guy gets to go home with Cherish, they're like, oh, I should have brought her back to make us all happy. And, yeah. Like, ugh. And the one thing and, Like, she, she's a piece of meat to pass around, you know? interesting is they're all after sex workers for sex, and... Yet we never see money change hand, almost mm-hmm. as if like it would be too tawdry of them to pay for it. Yeah, but we but we can. So it's inferred yeah, that they right. are hiring these sex workers, but at the same time, like when they actually when that one dude Terry Tom whoever the fuck <laughs> is in the basement of the crypt with uh, the vampire hookers, it turns into a giant orgy where they're constantly like, whose turn is it next? Like they're all in love with fucking like oh, we're so lucky to have this piece of meat in our fucking cabin here. and it's Yeah, which is, like... It, it, it really is a conquest kind of thing. <laughs> it it's, is, yeah. Um, it's yeah. something and else. That was, that was a weird scene, because it, it keeps going back and forth between him usually just, like, making out with one of them at a time and, like, smushing their chests together and, like... Yeah. Oh my soft god! Lighting, but there are these murals. Yeah, and they, they, there were three murals, were, like, and three they murals. just kept cutting. And they back are of them. like a Baphomet Satan man fucking three women. And like six. And like, there's and one shit. of them where he's like, I don't know, one of the like he, he has a, one hand in each on each woman's genitals, and yeah, the third one is getting ready, head yeah. or something. Yeah, like um, there's one like, and so it just keeps flat and because there's only what three. There's murals. three murals, so it just cycles through them. Where it's like, I've seen this, I've seen this. Oh, they're doing a doggy style again. again. Oh, now they're sixty nine and Satan. Okay, and they just keep going back and forth. Like but that's they do their like close ups on like, like the back of his face, and then like on, minutes. Yeah, it's it's painful. Um, but that scene is also painful because they treat it like a porn scene, like straight up hardcore porn, where it's like, yep. It's a fuck scene. We're gonna stay on but this for the next ten minutes. But all they're doing is is smile, is giggling. It's and not even softcore. It's just like it's people nice. rubbing chests together, like you said. And it's like, not that I necessarily loaded up this movie thinking, hell yeah, some smut. Oh yeah, no, and it's same, like it's like not that I wanted to see that. But at the same time, <laughs> it's one of those things where it's just like, 
Like, this get it is over thoroughly with. pointless. Like at least there would have been a point if it was straight up hardcore fucking or yeah, even softcore like, fucking. It's like just like people kind of oh sex kill of them. <laughs> that is a romp. <laughs> yeah, that that's a wild. That movie. is a wild movie. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so after Vampire Hookers, uh, what else have we got? We've got another movie with Hooker in the title. We got Frank and the Waters, Frank and Hooker. Now, this one I, I enjoy. I have a soft spot for it. For it's sure. very B-movie and fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I like at least all that I've seen of Frank Penn and Lauder and mad respect for everything he's done. I believe with something weird video, but you know he's big uh, actually saving some of these movies from the brink of obscurity, rescuing them out of landfills kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, so much respect there. Totally. But one place that this movie doesn't get so much respect necessarily is the depiction of sex workers. Yeah. Uh, you had... A take on this. But. Yeah. Um, so, if you know the premise of Frank and Hooker, mm-hmm. it's that, yeah, what is it, a terrible, like, lawnmower accident? A lawnmower accident. Yeah, I yeah, love it, that. It, uh, the scientist guy, his wife, gets killed, and unable to bear the idea of her being gone, he, her head is still intact, so he, like, keeps it in this, like, purple goo. Purple goo of, like, enzymes and estrogen or some shit. I don't know. Anyway, he keeps her head intact yeah. with the idea that he can build her a new body and then, like, Frankenstein it to life. Right. It lives up to its name. It does, yeah. Frankenhooker. And the reason, you know, with this name is because the body parts he's getting, he's going and killing sex workers and, select, you know, measuring out their part. What parts do I want? How long do I want her legs to be? Which, and so, That sequence in particular. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's just this idea that it's it's taken for granted that sex workers are disposable and yeah they, like and a, they are just the sum of their parts they are and that that, that of course you know it's a high-risk lifestyle it's a mm-hmm. high-risk job of, of you know it, it's just a background assumption that of course they're going to be just you know like you said some of some of their parts and nothing more they're disposable and of course they're going to be killed and just like sold for scrap kind of thing, yeah. you know? Like, we're going to take disassemble, take the parts we want, and the rest of it just goes to the trash or whatever. Like, well, there's a great montage, um, and by great, I mean, like, great to this point, yeah. where he's measuring out their body parts, and he's looking them over. Like, he he organizes a sex party, mm-hmm. and in it, he's he's playing doctor, but what he's actually doing is he's using, like, tape measure to measure out all the parts. Yeah, it's like it's like he's at a, it's a like meat, a meat store, market. Yeah, and yeah. He's, he's I want this, this pair of legs, this... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then so to actually kill them, he synthesizes super crack. Right. He makes some super crack, this drug that when they smoke it, it gets them so high that they fucking explode. Yeah, which and is another one of those high-risk things like, oh, yeah, these these lives don't matter. They're just they're a bunch drug of addicted, junkie hookers. Like, So it's yeah. playing up on those tropes so much, but one place with, where I, yeah. I feel that this movie diverges mm-hmm. from where you'd expect is in the Frankenhooker herself, is yeah. that they put his wife together with all these hooker parts, brings them together with lightning and all that, um, and she escapes the lab and starts prowling the streets. And it's like, just like in the Frankenstein story, like, the, the body informs it. Like, in the mm. Frankenstein story, what is it? It's they got the mind of a murderer and stuck it in the body parts that they were assembling. In this one, it's they got the bodies of a sex worker, and if you look at a sex worker as just being their body, 
and their then, dog. It then that's infl- all they are. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it, she's she's not a, a like a they human don't care about person. their brains. She's a sex worker. So the yeah. the body takes over, and we get the classic line that's repeated ad nauseum. Want a date? Oh, I want a date. Looking for a good time. <laughs> <laughs> um, almost my impression sounds like Rose from, <laughs> from, from uh, Christine McConnell. From Christine McConnell. Want a date? Looking for a good time. <laughs> Oh, fucking great show. But yeah, um, so we have the Frankenhooker walking around town looking for a date, and then anytime some some uh, a poor schlub comes across her and all that, and it's like, oh, hell yeah, uh, they hook up and she's too much for them. She's like a supercharged murder vixen, and they all explode and melt and die, and it's fucking fantastic. Like, I love that bit where... You know, the John just is getting electrocuted from even trying to make out with her. And it's, yeah, yeah. That's good fun. Like, there is. is good fun to be had in this movie. It's trashy. Trashy sure. fun. You have to be willing to accept that to enjoy exactly. this movie. But if you do. Uh, but one thing that I thought was fucking great, going off what you are saying earlier, I hadn't really thought about this too much until now, is the ending of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, where the parts... Because you'd mentioned he's going through all the uh, the sex workers and taking the parts he wants to make this sort of disposing the rest and the, uh, but, disposing of the woman. <laughs> but he doesn't completely dispose of the rest. He puts them right. in, in that bin of that solution. enzyme shit. Yeah. So at the end, they all meld into these weird monstrosities right. that seek revenge. Yeah, and it's fucking, like, I love that part where it's, it's like, oh, sense. you've discarded the rest of them and kept the parts you want? Well, you can't just discard the rest of them. Mm-hmm. They are still... They still exist, and so they turn into these amalgamations of the so-called reject parts, and they come back for revenge, and And I thought that that was a fucking great moment at the end. I love that. Um, That's where that one, I think, kind of subverts. And then there's a little stinger at the end beyond that. I won't spoil. um, But this movie, it's... uh, um, So where I would say Vampire Hookers fails with its juvenile humor of very like tired tropes of sex workers i think this one works in where it subverts them Mm -hmm. there isn't a ton of that but when it does happen i think it's pretty fucking great in this one and i say that as someone like again i i like frankenhooker i think it's Mm -hmm. a good fun movie it it is Um, fun yeah but we can still criticize stuff we like which is like the whole point of this what a concept criticizing something that you like and still liking it What? what Okay, our next movie. This one was a total surprise. I didn't expect this out of this at all. But we watched the Lloyd Kaufman produced uh, Vinegar Syndrome release. And written. Yeah. Vinegar Syndrome release uh, Sugar Cookies. So I've had this sitting on my shelf for a while, and we finally got around to watching it. And holy moly, I was not fucking expecting such a gay movie. Yeah. Yeah, that was... A treat. <laughs> to basically, basically set this up, some dude, I don't remember, some some jabroni, is uh, at home with a porn star, sex worker, played by Lynn Lowry, cult fame. She's in the crazy, shivers, cat people, I drink your blood. Uh, cult, cult star kind of thing. Mm. Um, she's playing a porn star that gets caught up in a, according to the dust jacket, quote-unquote, erotic game <laughs> with the filmmaker, basically shoots her in the face. And then frames it as a suicide. And frames it as a suicide, because the game went awry, but really it was just him... It wasn't exactly as planned. He's just gross. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't get we how it went him. awry. Yeah. Um, but, so, that kind of puts the kibosh on finishing their movie that she was starring in. And so, the agent, played by the 
amazing Mary Warnov, who has come up multiple times already, and yes, I, I have a feeling is going to come up many, many more. Many more. She's been in a lot of movies. Oh, and we yes. love her, so we're going to yeah. watch every single one. Everyone, but she plays the agent mm-hmm. to the porn stars, and she is looking for new talent for the newest movie. Mm-hmm. And wouldn't you know it? After a bunch of auditions, she finds a doppelganger to the murdered porn star. And she... Who's also played by Lynn Lowry. Played by the same actor. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so she is auditioning, wanting to similarly become a film star. I don't think she's clued into the fact that this is straight-up porn that she wants to work in, but... Well, she, even even throughout the movie, they kind of joke. They're like, oh, don't, you know, they're called art films. Yeah, like, that kind of it's, thing. It's sort of, like, cheeky, like... Um, yeah, when we do it, it's art. It's not, it's not porn. But, yeah, so yeah. we have this fucking dynamic. Of this sort of, like grooming this new star but not not in like a creepy it is at I mean, times at creepy time, yeah. and but uh, when i say grooming it, it, it's not like she's totally unaware like she sees the movie that she's or she did like mary warnoff shows her yeah 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 yes, yes. It, it's like, not okay. it's not like a total deception or anything like yeah. that at least no, not in that way this is of, like, pedophilia this is a stuff, psychological so like, thriller kind of so there is a lot of deception but yes. in a different kind of sense not mm-hmm. in the like, like you said, she shows her the movies she's going to be acting in. She is she made aware act- of the starlet that she is replacing. Yeah. Um, but, oh my goodness, that relationship between the agent and the... <gasps> what was it you said when they were driving out to the country? They're, yeah, they're driving out to the countryside together. I believe I said... Wow, the original Carol is really different, but really good. I like it. <laughs> that was... That's exactly correct <laughs> this movie is uh mary warnov in this queen mm. of our hearts she's like the queen of femme daddy supreme dom pimp at times she's got a power look she has so many power, and she looks so like. Well, there's that one scene when she's her back's to the camera, and the dude comes into the room and is like, "Mr. Stone," and she turns around and goes, "Miss Stone," and she's dressed like a '70s pimp. And it's so fucking. Yeah, she she. It's a look. Oh my god. Um. <sighs> she serves those looks throughout the whole movie, like her whoever did the wardrobe for that, whoever directed it, whoever life. whatever. Mm. Yeah. Wow. A thousand percent. The. uh... She serves up some, some yeah. uh, stone no, cold it, daddy looks. She does, and yeah, it's just like, oh, I'd be in danger. There. Are... <laughs> well, because you see so many things, like I, you know, when we were talking about the purge, how like that this TV show, how good leader Tavis was last second. You know, it was supposed to be a guy originally, and then yeah. last second they opened up the auditions to women, and Fiona Dorf got it. It's just like, yeah, had the cult leader been a dude, it'd been like, what? No, whatever. whatever. But when it's her, it's like, oh, I'd be in trouble. Yeah, that's kind of the same <laughs> vibe you get with um, Mary Warren. Yeah, like, because her, her, her business partner guy, he's a fucking sleazeball, and I hated him from yeah. the beginning. He's Whereas like, her, she's complicit. She is, like, the definition of female chauvinist pig. Absolutely. Like, she is so, like, predatory. But You're like, how dare you also? Can you write your number on this cocktail Yeah, like, I would, I'd be doomed if I was in... Yeah. In, like, the uh, guy is such like, a chuddly chat. It's he gross, is. He's but... just nasty, but she is, like, holy shit. And, 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 when she drives him out to the country, all Carol style, they get so gay with it. So like, we gay. get, and, like, gay in a gay way, not, yeah, not in a, not not in a, a like, like, s- porn way. Not in a, like, straight not, men. Not, 
lesbian, lesbian porn trademark. No, like in an actual gay way, like they're fucking playing racquetball together. They're going through walks in the country, and they're, they're swimming, and one pulls the other into the pool or splashing. Yeah, and, and then after a while, like, all they're, this really they're, like surprisingly like tender and wholesome. flirtatious looks. Yeah, and it does turn into eventually they're they're fucking. They're taking naked but baths not together, enough. and not and enough. I say that because you know we we went in expecting a pretty standard sexploitation flick. Yeah. So it's like, where's the fucking sex? Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, and, and that, that's almost, it makes you wonder because it wasn't that like standard, you know, lesbian porn for the male gay stuff they had going on necessarily. Mm-hmm. Is that why they cut it so short? was because of like, oh, this isn't erotic. And it's like, yes, it fucking is. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and think highly of them and assume it was to do the whole tease thing where it's like we're gonna give you uh, enough but leave you wanting more yeah. which they definitely did they did yeah but and then you have the cynic and me who's just like they're like mm, this isn't this isn't the good shit we're yeah. just gonna we're just gonna no cut it it's the me. great it's shit. the greatest shit um it, and i mean this movie it still has lots of like you know there's gross misogyny there's gratuitous oh, female absolutely. nudity just because because it's a fucking sexploitation movie it's a, you so can't it's definitely, have sexploitation without that shit like, so I just want to preface this because you know yeah. we're telling everyone like this movie is so great it's so gay it's like go yeah in. when we say it's the original Carol we mean it's the sexploitation Carol totally and like barely mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's in there but be warned if you go looking for this it is going to be still surrounded don't by don't get me wrong this is still trash cinema Exactly, and I'm not. Gonna, I still love it for yeah. that. I'm not going to pretend it's not. But I don't want to give anyone the impression that I get you. It's actually super subversive and no, aggressive, it, and it's like it's not subversive <laughs> in those ways. It's yeah. subversive in the way that like it portrays their relationship and mm-hmm. the and the portrayal of lesbianism in them. Yeah, it's that I was yeah. not expecting. I was not expecting that at all, um, and I was so ha- just like pleasantly surprised. In particular, there's one sequence. Where uh, they're at their country house, their lodge. I don't know where the fuck they are. Mm-hmm. And Camille, this is Mary Warren's character. Camilla is wants to take photos of Lynn Lowry of Jennifer for getting ready for like this is what it's going to be like when we make a movie and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And it's like a subversion of the male gaze thing where we have the photographer capturing the nude female body. Yeah, but it's a woman. A, 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 not only that, but a queer woman, a gay woman. Or at um, least a bisexual. A, a bisexual, yeah. I would say a she's... A bi-flexible icon. Yes. Yeah. Um, taking the pictures, and she's got this very tomboy look as mm-hmm. she's doing it. Like, you know, she's she also got has the, long flowing hair that I'm so jealous of. It's so oh voluminous and beautiful, and I want it yeah, her on hair, my head. Her it's hair gorgeous. is, like, the, the reason to grow hair out again. Yeah. I mean, I have my hair growing out, but it's thinned out so much since mm-hmm. then. Because when I was a kid, it was so fucking, like, I had so much hair. And now it's like a shadow of its former self. No. So I see, I see hair like that. And I'm just like, oh, I want it. I, I, I totally get you. It's this constant struggle between grow it out or cut, or it, cut something it all real off. Yeah. Gay. yeah. But this is a good thing. Femme daddyism. You know? mm-hmm. um, but she's got like the sports ringer tee, the jeans, and she's just got this real tomboy look as she's taking these photos. And it's a weird subversion of the male gaze and that sort of typical, like I'm the artsy photographer, man. I'm going to penetrate you with my camera. Blah, blah, my blah, news. blah. <laughs> No, it's really fucking cool. And at one point, she tells, Mary Warnock tells Lena Lowry to take off her vest, and she's wearing, like, this gold fucking vest thing, and it's like, this is the gayest thing that ever happened. It's ever been committed to celluloid. One woman telling another woman, take off your vest, and it's just like, <laughs> now we're naked. It's like, oh yeah, this is so gay. It is. Like, 
oh my god, there's a vest involved. <laughs> <laughs> Two chicks with vests? <laughs> Free into Two that. girls, one vest. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I think we just got the name of this episode. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, fuck. But uh, that was a good movie, and mm-hmm. there were some turns in there that I don't know if they were the most shocking. Like, there's no way this could have been forecast kind of thing. But there mm-hmm. were moments where I was like, holy shit, no way. Really? So I was a little bit heartbroken at times. I was heartbroken. Yeah. I was shook. Yeah. Because part of it I was anticipating. And if you actually, like, read the... Well, don't spoil it now. Well, no, but I was saying, like, if if you go and decide to read the, synop- the synopsis that's even on, like, the back of the case, mm-hmm. it will kind of tell you some of the motivations behind certain characters mm-hmm. going into this movie. So some of them, we kind of assumed they were there, but yeah. didn't go in knowing about them. Mm-hmm. But it still hurt. It did. Yeah. Can I add... Sorry, do you have anything else to say about... No, go for it. Okay. I just would like to add that when we were seeing um, Suspiria last night, you know, I put my phone on Do Not Disturb because I'm a good, considerate person. And when... <laughs> so I didn't see the notifications that popped up because we posted about sugar cookies like, the day after we saw it. Yeah, yeah, we, uh, you did an Insta post. I did an Insta post. Oh, that went, that was crazy. So, um, I was trying to figure out what to tag it, because it's, it's, it's sort of, you pointed out, sort of our first, like, genre movie that, that's not explicitly horror. Yeah, yeah, this would be our first sort of, like, cult movie. Yeah, just specifically cult that's not adjacent to horror, or even really directly. Yeah, at most, it's, it's a a thriller, thriller. but not in the way that like not, seven is a thriller yeah, it's, it's, there's, it's like, there's no horror elements to it no it's so, just cool <laughs> and you, you know usually when I, I i love to hashtag our photos and normally i you know most of the hashtags are like horror related ones like mm-hmm. horror community horror family horror like all these ones that are aimed at like horror fans specifically yeah and i was like okay this isn't a horror movie so what am i gonna what tags am i gonna use and so i thought like Okay, let's look. Like, sometimes if I don't know what I'm gonna do, I'll, I'll type in, like, the first word. Like, the way I found a lot of horror hashtags was type in horror. What comes up? What? How active of is this? Ha- ha- like, you know, if there's a lot of people using this, I'll use it because it will get more likely to get more engagement. Right. So I type in lesbian. Of course. <laughs> and, you know, the, the just it, a lot of times just the one word hashtags, lesbian, horror, whatever, they have millions of posts. They'll probably get covered immediately. So I selected lesbian video because I'm like, well, this movie kind of is. It's and a video, it's, and it's there's video. lesbians. It's, it's a, yeah, it's a video. Um, I ended up taking the hashtag off the next day because I think, like, 24 hours after the post went up, normally we get, like, you know, a couple hundred views and stuff for our Yeah, a couple posts. hundred maybe, yeah. This one, when I went to bed that, like, I think it was Wednesday night. No, Thursday night. Okay, anyway, when I went to bed, it had like 9,000 views and I took the hashtag off the next day because we started getting really like horny people in the comments being like show me more of this video y'all Instagram real horny Instagram's really horny so I took I took the hashtag I removed that ha- that particular hashtag but as of now we, we have this post has reached 15,938 people Jeez. approximately I think the insight gave me 99% do not follow us so I can only assume it's from that particular hashtag. Yeah. But anyway, this, sorry, this is a long tangent. Um, you know, we tagged Lloyd Kaufman in it and trauma and everything. And, you know, we're talking about what a treasure it is. He commented on it while we were in the movie. He himself, he said. That was so nice. Yeah, it was. I was, I was so excited. He said, sugar cookies, was, this is all in caps, and was is spelled W-Z. Sugar cookies was our tribute to Hitchcock's Vertigo. Theodore Gershoni directed based on my script. Because, yeah, we knew that. I think Kaufman was originally supposed to, to direct it, but then he mm-hmm. handed it over to this other guy who, thank God, cast his beautiful wife at the time. 
in it. Mary Warnov. Love her. Uh, he also directed Silent Bloody Night. Also great, but obscure and hard to find. Three fire emojis. Thank you, Lloyd. Thank you, Lloyd, indeed. You, that, that made our night. That fucking, yeah, <laughs> it's making my night all over again here. I know, I, I got so excited when I see it, I'm just like, oh my goodness. Yeah. He acknowledged us. <laughs> he took time to write a little comment for us. So exciting. He witnessed us. He witnessed us, he did. And, and, uh, yes, in this, in the same night, we had, you know, Lloyd Coffin liking, commenting on our photo. We had an actress from the next movie we were going to talk about, like, and follow us. And then we also had a guy that um, he did makeup effects on 68 Kill, which we absolutely love. You know, talked about... Bill effects. Bill effects, yeah. He, he follows us and liked our... So it's, it's so cool that, you know, like, just over a month ago, we're like, hey, let's let's make a podcast. And then uh, the people that and we're like talking month, about Yeah, are... people are, and then a month later, we have these, you know, amazing, talented people behind these movies that we fucking love that are just casually, like, interacting with our, yeah. us and our, our posts. So it's a really cool feeling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's exciting. But you mentioned I did our from next the movie, next yes. one we're going to talk about. Uh, this one was a fucking game changer. It is. I cannot uh, think of a I better knew way to it was going to be good, but yes. I was still blown away. I knew going in, I knew the um, treatment of sex work was supposed to be very different, very trope busting, very subversive. But going in, it's like, okay, but I still don't know what, the, you know, that's awesome. I want to see it, but I don't know what the movie itself yes. is about, other than it's about a cam girl. Yeah, so if you hadn't figured out from that, we are talking about the movie Cam. Yes, just came out, what was it, November 16th or something? Very like, recently. Like, yeah, like half a month ago, or I guess closer to a month ago, on Netflix. Yep. Yeah, it's, uh, what is it, Blumhouse, Amazon? Amazon was Suspiria. Oh, okay. I don't know, this might be too, I don't, don't, I don't fucking remember. know. Any, but I think you're thinking of Suspiria. Think yeah, okay. So it's, um, it's another one of those collaborative, many film houses involved, because that's what you need to get movie made these days yeah you need too many cooks too many cooks um so cam um we, fuck we, i love this movie oh it was so good it was so tense like i was on the edge of my seat it was wild. oh my god like everything about this had me just oh no oh no oh my god oh, oh no. my god oh my god like, yeah. time. and it's like i don't exactly have much frame of reference for the specifics of the movie like from a personal perspective but the movie still it felt like an attack, a personal attack, where it's just I like... I was invested in it. <laughs> but this one felt so relevant to today's society. And, mm -hmm. like, so much of that. Like, and so much of what's going on with well, the, the sex work context we mentioned and yeah. even just, like, the industry as it exists today. Yeah. Like, if you... Um, I follow a lot of sex workers on Twitter. Oh, I follow so many sex yeah, workers Yeah, and honestly, like... They're the best Twitter. They're the best Twitter. Like, they have such good politics. They have such interesting insights. They're often hilarious. They're often super funny. And honestly, they're doing way more for the women and gender non-conforming people in their communities than the people who just want to abolish sex work and hide it under the rug and pretend it doesn't, have it not it's exist. It's always misogynist they and therefore save, it's yeah, evil. We have want, to save women by yeah. defeating them. No, blah, it's blah, like, blah, I'm blah, not blah. a sex worker. So my opinion of this, as far as I, of of the industry of anything, as far as I'm concerned, doesn't fucking matter. I'm with I, you there. Yeah, it's just I am like... of a harm reduction approach where it's like it exists. What can we do to make it as safe as possible for the people who are working in it, whether they yeah. are there by because that's what they want to be doing? Or... And you know what? Let them tell us. Yeah, let them have exactly. a word in and, it rather and than they will tell this you, is for your own good. Yeah, they will. Then they can tell you very clearly what would make them safer. And we should be listening to them, but do we ever? No. No. So, um, and 
so as, as part of that is Cam being so different was it was actually one of the the writers because I, I think they described it the writer and director both kind of collab collaborated where they were saying that there are you can there are parts that the the director wrote and parts that the writer directed so it was okay. a very collaborative thing but the cool, main cool. writer I think her name I'm not sure if I'm saying it right Issa Matsei she probably doesn't say it all Italian sounding like that but Issa Matsei Issa Matsei you say everything Italian well it, it looks very Italian but I don't know if she's like Anglo Ameri you know anyway. anyway she um has been pretty open about this being a former cam girl so mm -hmm. she, having actually been a sex worker and participated firsthand in this industry as a laborer within it yes she can actually provide that perspective which is so often not provided right and you know it took until fucking 2018 to have a movie, because, you know, like we mentioned, there's this, this trope of, you know, the dead hooker trope, the hooker with a heart of gold, you know, yes. you know hook, this hooker thing is so prevalent in so many movies, not just horror, not just exploitation, but just in, in pop culture, just in pop culture yeah. but, but the actual sex workers themselves are marginalized, if not outright erased. Mm -hmm. It's just these, yeah, representations re re rely entirely on assumptions really tired tropes just stuff stuff that doesn't actually really acknowledge that they that sex workers are human beings and mm. people with like personalities and interests and you know any, anything any facets of humanity that we ascribe to like literally any other profession right so to actually have a sex worker who wrote this about relating to her experiences mm. totally totally game changing yeah not, and so exciting. Not what I was... Well, I mean, from this movie, I was expecting a lot because I had heard a lot of good things. Mm -hmm. But it's not... It's kind of sad that it's not what you would expect out of a film, in general, to, to get this kind of representation. Yeah, the, the fact that, that, yeah, like we said, you know, it's nearing the end of 2018 that this is, like, the first time that we that we know of, at least on a big scale. Anyone out there, happened. please prove us wrong. Yeah, we if would you love... Can, yes. If you can, like, name some things that prove us fucking wrong on this being the one... Yeah. Please do. Like, because in terms of, you know, I, I, I would that. say if you want, like, I can think of one thing that would prove us wrong, but it's not a movie, it's more of a documentary, but, um, what's it called? Live Nude Girls. I don't know. It's a documentary about the lusty lady peep show. I want to say it was in Seattle or something. It was, it was the first, um, I had to watch it in a women's studies class. Okay, yeah, because I, I... Yeah, it, it was about the first, um, like stripping type related sex the sex work club i yeah. thing to unionize okay and oh okay yeah. you mentioned this at yeah no yeah. It, it's a cool it's a really cool documentary but that right there it's a documentary exactly it's like, not I an mean, entertainment that, pop culture yeah. film and it's probably more obscure yeah it's like, a documentary the doesn't lady, as far make as I know, it even open anymore it doesn't make it like less valid of a movie Absolutely. in any way but you you this is a horror movie mm -hmm. a horror thriller with that bent to it and it's and it's and it's in a big mainstream. You know, it's Netflix. It's Blumhouse. It's like it has some big names behind it. That's what as mainstream as you can get as far as horror goes today. Is, is, yeah, exactly. So that that in and of itself is pretty game changing. But then also the, not just the the fact that it exists, but what it is exactly. Yeah, is too. But there's a lot of relevance in this to just culture in general today. Like, I mean, even off the bat, we see the main character Lola. Or Alice, mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. But online, she's known as her, her persona, persona is Lola. Um, she is obsessed with her rankings and becoming a more popular, 
higher-ranked uh, cam girl mm-hmm. compared to her peers. And there's just this very capitalistic bent mm-hmm. to it, like, like, in that sort of, like, obsession over being able to make money. Yeah, and, and it, which is understandable. I'm not, I'm not yeah. saying that as a criticism of her. Yeah, it's like, it's more, her job. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you you get that cultural crush if it's like, how do I turn my abilities into capital? And yeah, and, and not just my abilities, but myself, my, how, how do I make, because it's this idea of the person, you and your own personality being a brand, right? Mm-hmm. And how do I sell, like, not just my image, but like the whole package. Right. And make it marketable. And which, yeah, is, is so, you know, even though this is specifically in a sex work context, I think it, it can relate to so much, whether it's influencers or anything, anything, any, I mean, even, even me, like spending God knows how long going through Instagram hashtags that are relevant and liking and following people, trying yeah. to, you know, engage with other people and hopefully get some engagement back. Like, or on our um, bonus episode, talking about the idea of doing something Patreon related. Right. Or yeah. It's just like, like we started this for fun, but it's still but just one of things we, worth this, like this pressure to monetize your, your habits and your leisure. Yeah. Which on the, frankly, which, how else do you fucking make money? Exactly. So, but yeah, one of the things I like about that is, you know, following sex workers, you, if you actually, you people, I, everyone, all, you always hear people say this, where this idea that sex work is easy, all you have to do is just, you know, lay back and get fucked, or, Ooh. or in the case of cam girls, oh, all you have to do is well, if it's so fucking get easy, naked. You fucking do it. And that's, but that's what you hear a lot of people like saying, like, oh, I, I, I could just go do sex work. I could just go be an escort. Oh, you could, could you? You could, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. And it's this idea, this idea that. Well, you know, for cam girls, oh, all you'd have to do is get naked and masturbate. Like, oh, that would be so hard. But if you actually take the time to read what goes into that and what you see in I cam, love that they depict that. They depict this. that. Yeah. They, like, she, she has a calendar where she, and every day she has a theme it's written like, down. It's like, I did this show today. I did this show. And this I was I love when feedback. she's flipping through the calendars, how it's just like, like March Madness. There's yeah, a week themes. that's based on the seven deadly sins. Yeah, it's because like, if you actually, like, read, you know, it, it's... Because the market the market is so oversaturated, you have to be able to. What are you intre- offering? What are you offering yeah. that others aren't? Right, this this whole idea of finding your niche, and it can't just one hundred percent be like, I'm the hottest one. I yeah. look the best. Like at exactly. a certain point, it's like yeah, like you said, the market's so saturated. Yeah, that like there's like, a thousand other hot women out there who are gonna, you yeah. know, and not even just women, but like there's so many people involved in this in sex yep. work, like. But yeah, that's really like, it. Really showed the business side of it. Yeah, and the idea because you know, oh, so sex workers. Oh, all this idea that it's just an easy job. It's like no, these these women, not just women, but in this case, these women, they are marketers. They are brand managers. They are creative directors. They are business. Like they are a whole business. Yes, packaged in one person off quite often. I, I will just start there. If we do refer to to these women, we are talking more in the context of cam than we are in sex work in general. Yeah, because cam is specifically about cam girls. Yes, so exactly. But that being said, you know there there are there are men who cam. There are oh, a thousand percent, who, yeah, thousand percent. But generally speaking, when just you hear that's camming, not you, the milieu of this yes, movie, exactly, so, that's the, exactly, or the purview of this movie. So exactly. that's that's what we're. Um, but that's another thing that I liked was that in a lot of the um, sort of like in between stuff where they're showing p- pieces of other people camming, they show so many different bodies yeah. and like body types because that's absolutely out there. That it's not all just thin, conventionally attractive, white, pale, yeah, like gir- you know, young looking white girls women who look fine. Yeah, yeah, no, there there are, but that, and that's one of the funny things too is I see a lot of um, sex workers will say that like you know you say. 
or especially like women in porn, I've seen they're like, yeah, you know, you hear about how oppressive our industry allegedly is for people who aren't involved, and I'm not, I don't have an opinion on this, you know, one way or the other. That I'm, or I don't know. Like I said, I'm not involved. I'll leave it to the to. Amplify. You'll leave it to people who. I'm going to amplify the involved. voices of those who yeah. are, and they point out they're like there is far more body diversity in porn than there is in in Hollywood films. Oh, yeah. And it's like shit. Like <laughs> That's a pretty depressingly low bar, but yes. Yeah, yeah. And that's not a shot at porn, that's a shot at Hollywood. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, they're like you you know, you are gonna see way you have a way bigger chance of finding somebody who looks like you mm-hmm. or who represents the people that you see every day and that you know and love. And they're then the different kinds of non you know, non standard bodies are way more likely to be spotted there than in big movies. Oh, holy shit. Huh. The fucking... Sorry, um, Lori just went to... Shoot the cat to away. shoot the cat away, and I, I, you know, being my millennial self or whatever, had to take a snap, snap a peek at my phone. Um, the writer of Cam just followed us. Woo! I, I liked one of her photos. When I was looking up her name... Yeah. Um, just to make sure I had... Because I didn't want to just be like, oh, the writer of Cam. Like, yeah. she has a name. She deserves to have it said. She followed us. That's that awesome. That is so exciting. We're going to follow her back. Anyway, yeah, so that's an aside. Okay. So, but yeah, there's this idea that it's... In, in spite of, you know, the idea that all people involved in porn or that porn-adjacent work is camming, you know, not all cam girls will go into doing hardcore porn. Of course. And not all of them will sell video clips. Some of them will just stream. But then you yeah. get a lot of piracy. Like, you know, and, and mm-hmm. I think it's it's no... Um, I, I don't think it's... It's no coincidence that they specifically feature like a free web a website where you can go and download this sort of yeah like they have one of those tube sites. This is one of those of free thing. tube yeah, sites yeah, yeah. that can download. You can archive live streaming, and I think I actually read an interview with the the writer after, and she mentioned that you know people pirating these live streams and then just like uploading them onto you know Pornhub or one of the other identical tube sites that are owned by the exact same company that's one of the crazy thing creepy wild things is if you want a wild ride look up articles about mind geek this is the company that owns Pornhub, owns red tube owns like x hamster like they are they practically have a mon- monopoly on the porn industry and um sex workers who are like like stoya she yeah. she she's she's done a lot of journalism writing and stuff she's so intelligent and so care like she's amazing and she's also done porn um, she does a lot of writing, but yeah, she is like, you know, if it was any other industry, there would be like competition bureaus, like so there would be so much investigation, but because it's the seedy underbelly industry, it's mostly left untouched. Yeah. And this idea that, you know, she worked for a company that was owned by this, she was mm-hmm. under contract with them and was talking about how, just how sketchy it was, how, you know, you, before you're getting paid, you'd see your checks bouncing around all these different countries and you'd try to get on the phone with, like, customer or, you know, support or whatever. And I think she described it as you would have a, a clearly Greek accent talking to you saying he's from Montreal. <laughs> and it's just, it sounds so freaking sketchy. So, yeah, that, that's a whole rabbit hole you can, like, spend an afternoon just being like, oh, my God, this is, like, what is going on here? Yeah. But, yeah, that was interesting that that did show up in the movie mm-hmm. because... Uh, oh, yeah, that's... sorry, that's one thing she mentioned was that, you know, seeing herself you know videos of herself uploaded on Pornhub pirated and put up and just like hot tea, hot brun- young brunette blah like she doesn't she's not even named on it so this like mm-hmm. like this this 
it's like she's disembodied from she herself. She is, yeah. She like from her own image, her own face and stuff, yeah. and that's so much of what Cam is about. Yeah, which is so like, cr- oh, it's creepy. It is it's so creepy. creepy. Like there's so much, there's so much there that it's just like it's an incredible. I loved it. Well, yeah, yeah. We've we've made that pretty. I'd assume we wouldn't be fucking talking about it mm-hmm. like we are if we didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Um. One thing I found interesting, in particular, was the way it handled violence mm-hmm. in this, in that there's this really dark undercurrent of misogynistic violence that's always sort of permeating the interactions. Yeah. Like, for example, we open with uh, the suicide sequence. Right. Where yeah. um, she's driven to, like, we see this, this cam girl driven to slit her own throat on camera. For likes. For, for, and for likes. more tokens. And for more tokens. You have more money like, in your yeah. pocket, more a higher rating and all that. And it's just played up as this kind of like, this is so fucked up, but this is what gets you noticed. So it's fine to do. I can sacrifice my my body as a woman for in my the life? male gaze. Yeah. Yeah. But then, then the comments, because you have the one guy who's persistently like, Slit your throat, slit your throat, bitch! Like yeah. I want to see you bleed. I want to see like fuck yourself with a knife and stuff. Yeah. And initially, you have the other the other viewers in the room, mostly men, being like, "What the fuck is this dude? Like, what are you talking about?" But what it's the not f- long until it's, it's not long until he eggs them on, and then they're just like, "Yeah." They, they get this mob mentality. It's like, yeah, like slit your own fucking throat, like, and throwing money at her to do it. Like, yeah, to go so quickly from like, why would you say this to to a person to like all of a sudden like, yeah, bitch, do it, like, yeah. She's so that, that that again goes back to like disposability, right? Where it's, she's, sure. she's just something to gawk at, and yeah. that, like her her as a person doesn't matter as long as I'm getting off yeah. watching her. Well, there, there's one character in particular, Barty, who I definitely want to talk about because there is a he's an lot interesting of, one. <laughs> yeah, um, he has that comment: these suicides keep getting better, mm-hmm. and uh, you know it just kind of shows how the sex and violence kind of collapse into one another where it's like, totally. Oh, is it a, like, they keep talking about, it's like, well, we're not going to do a comp video and all that stuff. But then it's like, there's not much difference for some of these viewers between a comp video and a suicide. And like a snuff or a fake, yeah. like a, a, a simulated snuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. No. And I, it just, I it kept thinking about, um, that project we did in that MLCS, the sex on screen class where <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we took, um, we had the, have we, I don't know if we, I don't, can't remember if we've talked about this before. We have not. We have not, okay. Yeah. We, um, when we were in university together, there was a modern languages and cultural studies class called X-Rated Sex on Screen at the University of Alberta. It probably still is offered. It's, yeah, it, it was it, popular enough. It was, yeah, well, it, originally, I remember, I found out about it because I, I happened to read my, like, Faculty of Arts email, and they mentioned this class, and it was, like, a 12-person seminar kind of thing. But, so I didn't take it that year. It was more than a 12 No, 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 the first year they offered it. No, I know. Yeah. But I guess the demand was enough that they turned it into, like, we, you know, we filled, like, a lecture hall. Mm -hmm. And there must have been somewhere between, like, I don't know, 16, 100 people in it. When we took it the second year it was offered. Yeah. Um, Yeah, this class, it was exactly what it sounded like. We, you know, sex on screen, whether that was the computer screen, the TV screen, the... The movie screen, screen at yeah. the at the cinema. So we we looked at everything. We looked at sex exploitation. We looked at we watched Deep Throat as a class. The that sort of oh like, yes, a, like a golden good, age uh, of porn. Yeah, good that, class outing. That was well, it was in, in it was, it was in, in the in classroom. English. Yeah, it was it was the screening. That was an experience. Yeah. Um, we you know districted. We we did 
we covered a bunch. It was it was a really mm-hmm. interesting class. And um, for the project, we had to the group project. The sort of it wasn't fun, well, yeah, we had a paper too, but the group project, the presentation that we had to present to the class, you had we had to pick just any representation of sex on screen, whatever screen that would be, and do, do a presentation. I believe about it was it. anything but the film screen. It had to be. It oh, was like maybe. sex on a small screen. Whatever. On a small screen, right? However small that whether that's whether your it's iPhone, TV, whether that's yeah, your TV. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And for our project, we did this idea of, like, what do we call it, like, porn without fucking? Yeah, porn without fucking. Because, yeah, we we will do an episode one time about about Final Flesh. Oh, my goodness. That is a cinematic treasure. Final Flesh is wild. But this idea that because, it, you know, the industry, you know, especially with all the free stuff, content online now, the tube sites and stuff, everything being pirated, there's, there's this oversaturation of pornographic content on the website on the on the internet period hmm. and there's just so much out there the way you're going to get noticed is by doing more and more extreme yeah it, stuff. it thrives on the spectacle it's almost the carnivalesque it notion is. of it's like what is novel what is something that people haven't seen before and we'll reel them in because everyone's yeah. seen like you're straightforward fucking at this point totally yeah like it's everywhere you can yeah. it, it's harder not to find it really yeah yeah <laughs> let's be real so yeah this idea of yeah how, how do you stand out in an oversaturated market you keep doing more and more weird shit mm-hmm. and and by weird i mean we had like what was it, tarantula porn like a oh, screen cap from that yeah. like we i don't and we like for, as part of our presentation we played cake farts for the class like i it, will never get over showing our 400 level grad split with oh, a yeah, grad, with grad students, yeah. class Showing the professor of that a video of a woman farting on a cake and getting an A for it. Oh, it was I will amazing. never. <laughs> but oh. yeah, like this, this whole idea, yeah, the spectacle, this, um, it's no, like, it's so much of it, it's not about the fucking anymore. It's about how extreme can we get and what can we show. Yeah, like how off the wall are we? Yeah, and be? that's almost what's in here is. Absolutely. They're not, you know, they're, they're, oh, we're here for the calm show, but what really reels them in is her faking her, you know, a live stream suicide, yeah. right? Like, it's. It's not, and even then, like, with, with all these themes and stuff, it's not always just about, like, seeing a pretty young woman naked and, you know, in a, in sexual scenarios. It has to have a theme. It has to have good production value. It has to have, like, there has to be more there than just, just the sex, right? But another big thing that has to be there in the concept, in uh, the context of these cam shows, at least is how she performs them, is the control. Mm-hmm. Like, so much of her interaction is based on, if you guys tip me enough, I will do this. Yeah. What would you guys like to see me do? Tip me to vote. And, yeah. you know, it is monetizing it, but yeah. so much of it is handing it over to, like, there's that scene where she's riding the Vibatron, or whatever she calls <laughs> yes. it, and it's like, you know, they can tell her when she can turn it on or turn it off. Yeah, and there's this idea of, like, they're getting pleasure from denying her yeah. an orgasm. But it is a thousand percent, like, uh she is at their will. Yeah, exactly. Even with the separation of the screen between them, and she can ostensibly say, I'm not comfortable, and stop it. Yeah. Um, in order to boost her ratings and just, like, keep going through with it, it comes down to, what are they telling me to do? I will do that mm-hmm. if the money is right. Exactly. And, uh, I mean, that's where capitalizing the self sort of comes into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they, even though, they, you know, this idea that, like, oh, they have the power here, but it's like, well, but she, they're, they're paying for it. Yeah. Like, she's still getting something out of it. And at the end of the day, like you said, if she 
And that t- there are times where she just, she turns it off. Yeah, she has the power, but the they end, still yeah. have some form of control. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of it is the fantasy of having this sort of like total. Of, yeah, so yeah. it's this interesting dynamic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think where it's, it's not just this idea of like you have the consumer who is all powerful, and then the poor fallen woman who is at their behest. Yeah. Like no, it's and it, you also don't have the the she is in control with the product and therefore the consumer demand is at her her mm-hmm. boot heel yeah, it no, is it, like it, a it's back a, it's and a forth give and dynamic take. exactly yeah. it's exactly which is realistic in my yeah. opinion because mm-hmm. it, it, it's a market it's a business right like it's yeah. gonna things are gonna come and go and to keep making money you have to stay stay on top of things yeah. like any other industry but I, I mentioned Barney earlier mm-hmm. and that character gave me the creeps like Yes. He was almost like the sugar daddy of cam girls. Yeah. And he had this, it's like he knew, and therefore he had this weird entitlement about him. That was just, it was very unsettling. Yeah, because I thought it was really interesting. Like, I almost, not that I really, you know, like either of these characters, but I almost liked him more than the creepy, the dude who, like, moved camp to, uh... I thought they were both really gross. They were. But they were interesting, sort of, like, playing off of one another. Yeah, because this guy was just upfront about being Yeah, and, and, like, one of the things that really stuck with me was when, um, Lola goes out, meets him, because he's in town, goes out on a date, he's like, he's like, you know, that's why I like you, Lola, you you get it. Yeah. And this idea that, like, they both know, like, this is a business thing, what we're doing here, and we're both aware of this, and he's like, I like, he's like, you get it, I like it. You know, whereas the other guy... He's I'm in love with you. I like he he's bound he's crossing her boundaries. He I mean both of them do at times. Oh, he crosses boundaries so much. Like like... He and, and having no you know we we have knowing friends who have dabbled in the you know cam work, sex work, and stuff here and there. That is very much a thing. Like I thought uh-huh. that like when when this guy shows up in the beginning and is calling her cell phone and moving into her, her town and stuff. I thought that it was and I think a lot of people thought this that it was going to be like some kind of predatory fan gone yeah. too far kind of thing. And then he disappeared for a while and wasn't yeah. this, I'm like, Oh my God, what is this guy doing? Because yeah, knowing, knowing friends who have dealt with this kind of stuff and having viewers feel entitled to pressure them. And what's your number? What's your name? What's your number? I want to talk to you more, but without you having to pay you and like just this entitlement. Yeah. But in a different way. But that, that was the gross thing yeah. about Barney. Is yes. He's constantly trying he's to entitled. get her alone. Yeah. Like the time where he's just like, Oh, what where, what hotel are you staying in? Cool. Why don't I come pick you up? Where yeah, are you? Like, no, I'll pick okay. you up at yeah. home. Let's meet at your place. Let's meet at my place. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what? He, when she shows up at the hotel, it's like, come on back to my room. And she's like, no, let's go out to a yeah, restaurant. Yeah, like, like the, in, the entitlement's still there, but he he understands that to get that attention, he needs to pay. So yeah, it's it's it, yeah, they're both entitled, but one of them. But I mean, knows I, how I, to I play the game. But I, I would guess? say like, that makes him more predatory because he true. understands how it works and he continually tries to undermine it. But but he still have he still ha- brings his end to but it. But he but he only doesn't undermine it when he's stopped because you know he's just like let me pick you up at your house. Let's go back to my room. Yeah, he's constantly he, pushing that barrier. He, that's true. But he 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 does seem t- like he pushes it. I I don't want to seem like I'm defending this guy. Like he's gross. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like he's yeah. Um, but like he would say that, and she'd be able to say no. Like, let's go do this. Okay. But, I mean, she had to continually put her guard up. That, she did. That was the thing that made me feel but extra he, gross about him. Because oh, he, yeah, but it's, it's almost like he's smart enough. He knows mm-hmm. when and he's gone too scary. far. Yes. That's what makes him so scary. Yeah. Whereas the other guy, 
He's just a tepid piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, and he he doesn't he doesn't understand. So it's like, yeah, which one is scarier? The one who crosses the yeah. boundary? I would say probably the one who crosses the boundaries knowing that they're there and seeing what he can get away with. Mm-hmm. But they're both fucking scary. Mm-hmm. As, a, as a young woman. It's two sides who, of the same yeah, terrifying it, Exactly, coin. right? Like, they're both... So... Yeah, on the one hand, I I, I liked that they show I, I like that they showed those two different kinds of scary, two different kinds of predatory, yes. two different kinds. Oh, of that was really crossing smart. Crossing the boundaries, Absolutely. yeah, that's so smart because th- those kind those people are both out there. Yeah, the predator doesn't just droves. come in one form. Mm-hmm. It's not just the oh, I'm in love with you, Lola. It's also the like I know exactly what I'm doing, and yeah. I like I like that you know what I'm doing, but it I'm shows just, they can be delusional and a shark. At the yeah, same ex- time. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they're all out there, and you, you really have to be be careful. Yeah. For all types of predators. And they're, yeah, like... Especially in an industry that, or this type of work, you know, this idea that if something does happen to you, well, it's your fault. You should have known better. You were asking for it. Yeah. It's par for the course. It's, like we said, it's a high-risk lifestyle. What were you expecting? Absolutely. And you, and you see that when she calls the cops. Where it's like, well, like, what do they say when she, like, if you don't want to see this shit, stay off the internet. Yeah. But you also get that one that's like, starts like sexually harassing her. Like, yeah, as soon as his partner's out of the room and like, he's like alone with her. Do just you ever like, meet up with, oh, what, what's the weirdest thing you've ever done? Like, just, that was really uncomfortable. Yeah. No, it, it, they show so much of that and they do such a fucking good job of that. Like it's. And also the sequence oh, where so you're worried that she's going to be exposed yeah, um, the danger of that too. That right? was such a good sequence that had me on the edge of my seat. I was like, no, 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 no. It's just slowly building. Like that was one of those horror movie sequences that was just brilliantly done and would have been at home in any kind of horror movie if, like, with a switched context. You know, if it's it just had that kind of tension. Yeah, they, they built up. it perfectly, it but in this new, new, new for the genre. This new arena, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, that stigma. This like, what's going to happen if people do find out? Yeah. Because, and that's another thing you, you see, you know, sex workers will say like, they'll be having people being like, Oh, what do I have to do to have, I'll, I'll, I'll go into porn just to have sex with you kind of thing. And they're like, please don't like, you have no idea how stigmatizing this is. Like it's, they're like, you know, you, you really, you really have to think before you decide to do this because not only is something's on the internet, it's there forever essentially, but you could lose your job. You could lose your family. You could lose your friends every because that's just so so stigmatized right like there are people who like they yeah they'll say like you know I, my family doesn't talk to me anymore mm-hmm. since they found out and it's it's scary really and i i thought i think they they treated that really well like it's interesting that the the brother knows she's she's involved in that but it's not until it bleeds spills over into his life that he he can't deal with it he anymore. can't handle it when it's known yeah, because um, because the way it reflects on him. I will say, I thought it was really cool the couple of ways they did subvert that stigma. Like, one being that um, she doesn't want to tell her mother that she's doing the camming until she's better at until it. Until she can say, like, I'm, but I'm the best. Like, yeah, yeah like, like she, it needs to have this, it's like... It's almost like, I am the I'm king not, shit of camming. Yeah, I'm not just in it, I'm, like, the best at it. Yeah. So that, that'll that'll soften the blow. The yeah, that, right? so there's that. Yeah. But then, uh, I, I don't want to say too much because I don't want to give away the ending and how it plays out, but one thing I do like is as she tries to fight back against the, uh, the threat and sort of get through the big confrontation of the movie, 
it's not at the behest of sex work. It's not like she has to suddenly become a purified, reclaimed woman. Yeah, there's, there's none of this recuperating this poor fallen woman back into conventional, you know, not sex work involved femininity. I was worried it would go that way, but this... Yeah. But her survival is not saying, oh, sex work is the reason that you're in this situation. Cast it off and you will be fine. And no this more sex this, work. This, this like, redemption narrative, right? Yeah. It's, it's not there That's at all. not there, and I fucking love it. I was worried oh, it was yeah. going to no, be, I, and I'm it wasn't. Stoked. And I thought that that was really revolutionary mm-hmm. of it. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think um, they even mentioned, like, the, the writer saying that, you know, we set up the movie where we set her up first and foremost as a person. You're invested in her because if we didn't do that, it's more far more likely to be like, oh, she's just a cam girl. Like, who yep. cares what happens to her? She's disposable. Like, all these other dead hookers and all these other movies. Like, yeah. they explicitly made it about, like, she's, she's a person. Yeah. You're invested and that in was her. Fucking and great. you're rooting for, like, she's the protagonist here. And you and yeah, no, that that was that was so. It, it sucks that they had to do and that. And it's not like she's the protagonist in spite of this. Mm-hmm. It's like she is just the fucking this is, this protagonist. This is what she does. This is what you get. This is fucked up. What's happening to her? Um, so, um, after our discussion of sex work, um, in films, we don't exactly have recommendations this week. We're still trying to play catch up on previous weeks, but I guess I was thinking I could just let people in on what we almost watched for this episode and then mm. didn't get time to. Yeah, so we can't, we can't really say if Yeah, these aren't recommendations, but these were... The, the uh, potential ones we we're going to look at yeah. for this episode. Uh, the three that we, we had in the pile, the stack, for this episode that we didn't get to were Massage Parlor Murders, Centerfold Girls, and Sex World. The Massage Parlor Murders and Sex World are both out by Vinegar Syndrome. I believe Jorgen video did Centerfolds. I wouldn't Girls? know. <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, it's on a double feature with Bonnie's Kids. And uh, I haven't actually watched either of them yet, but it is in my 2C pile. I have a very large 2C pile. Yes. Uh, so those were considerations we had. We didn't get around to watching them, so we can't actually recommend them wholeheartedly. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, maybe they are the three greatest movies ever made. Maybe the three worst movies ever made. I'm not going to... Maybe, the, not, maybe the, the titles are the only thing that's related to our topic. Yeah, it's a, bit of a, it's a bit of a guess... You know, mm-hmm. a bit of a crapshoot trying to figure out sometimes because uh, it's kind of grim that it was so hard to find titles. It felt like it was so hard to find titles for this episode because it would it there there's Cam mm-hmm. Sugar Cookies was a very pleasant surprise, <laughs> and then everything else just seems to be sort of the like let's laugh at hookers trope. Yeah, and and and, and like Cam is explicitly about sex work whereas yes. we were saying when we were trying to figure out what what else, the hell else do we watch to have more than just cam to talk about it's like you know sex work is in the background so often yeah that it's like it's there's nothing or maybe there is and if there is please tell us because we'd love to see it we'd love yeah. to know but there's doesn't i don't know if there's anything else that sex work is at the forefront and it's not just like a background joke the only or one that right? i can think of but i was saving this for a different episode would be a uh, life and death of a porno gang. Right. Okay. Okay. That one. I haven't seen that one but yet. But I, I definitely that is a. 
Yeah, we're doing a different... Yeah, yeah. I, have, I have a episode in mind. We're going to do a uh, snuff film wine and cheese or classy movie night yes. one of these days. Yeah, and like the other thing, because um, I, I just not, my, made, was looking at my notes here, I, I wrote down about the movie. Um, yeah, we're just this open question, like, is there any other sex work-centered thing out there? And the, the thing that came to mind, again, not really genre horror necessarily, but there is, I haven't seen it yet, I want to see it, there's a TV show on HBO right now called The Deuce. The Deuce, yeah. Yeah, so I I want to see it, don't know about it, but I know it's very sort of centered on on that. I just, uh, all I can take from it is it's probably 42nd Street, like... Yeah, um, exactly. That's sort of like golden era of sleaze kind mm -hmm. of thing. Which, so, um, like, yes, give it to which me. Which Sugar Cookies came out of that period. Exactly. It, it features some of that uh, iconography in it. Mm -hmm. Um, Forty Second Street signs and stuff, yeah. Yeah, so you see like the big sleazy grindhouse and the peep shows that they're walking yeah. past constantly. <laughs> shows up in a lot of my favorite movies, so totally. the Deuce could be an interesting one to watch for sure. Yeah, I'll have to track that um, down. That said, whether it fits the general idea behind this podcast mm -hmm. is something else. Maybe be again, like all the other ones, we'd have to see it. Yeah, because I mean, to say. this is our least horror episode that we've done, and that's probably going to be the exception more than the rule, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, like so. I mean, if it's a good cult movie or something we want to talk about, we'll fucking talk about yeah, it. But yeah, we, we did come we're at more this. cult, you know, cults yeah. join us, but also cult is in cult cinema. Yeah, yeah. but we did come at this uh, thinking we should talk horror movies primarily. Yeah, so um, you know, yeah, we'll see. We'll see where it goes from here. Mm -hmm. So is that gonna do it for today? Yeah, I think so. Okay, well. I thought last week was going to be our longest episode ever. Uh, very well, this one could. I guess yeah. I'll see how it cuts down. Take it easy and keep it sleazy as hell, which we have done this week. Mm -hmm. So I'd like to think. I think it's pretty sleazy. Always keep it sleazy. Oh, yeah. Oh, hell yeah.